Welcome to the Thrive Podcast from Syngenta, where the latest news, farming tips, and innovations come together to educate and inspire. Hello, Thrive Podcast listeners. Today, we are bringing you an update from the field with Wally West, a Syngenta agronomic service representative based out of the Midwest, South Dakota. We are just right at mid-season in July, which can sometimes hold some of the heaviest stress and pest pressure for corn growers. So, um, Wally, talk to me a little bit about what kind of a season corn growers in your region have had so far this year. I know I'm here in North Carolina and our, our growers here have been facing some roller coaster weather patterns <laughs> yeah. yes us too um it's not not just not just near your area it's been a kind of another year of extremes uh weather-wise as you mentioned katie i'm the agronomy services rep for south dakota and also west central minnesota that's my primary area of responsibility and it's a it's a pretty uh pretty diverse area as you can imagine weather-wise um, April started out fairly nice, and then it got cool and a bit wet. Um, towards the end of April, we have areas in northeast South Dakota that are extremely wet. And then uh, to the south, we're a bit on the dry side. And then most recently, is uh, it's gone from fairly cool to very hot, uh, very hot and very dry. So weather extremes like that put pressure on our on our herbicide programs, no doubt. But uh, so far, so good. We're, we're getting through them. Um, it was a fairly compressed spring planning and spraying wise so kind of a, a, a fair number of starts and stops but for the most part we've gotten the work done we as an industry um gotten the gotten the crop plan in good shape and it's off to a pretty good start good i was going to ask you know with those roller coaster weather patterns how that kind of has impacted you know any of the growth stages or anything in the corn but it sounds like you guys are doing well right now and that's good yeah. to hear yeah one of the one of the challenges so um Back up a couple of years in, in our area, 2019 was in extremely wet all season, and we had a substantial number of prevent plant acres where there was no no crop planted, roughly um, just under 5 million acres out of uh, probably a 15 million acre um, corn and soybean area, so extremely heavy prevent plant. And we knew at the time, based on experience from prior years, that the weed pressures were going to be extremely heavy and it really reinforces uh, one of our guiding principles of Syngenta about managing the weed seed bank. Um, unfortunately, as an industry for things that were out of our control, we couldn't manage the weed seed bank in 2019. We physically couldn't get in because the fields were so wet to get the weeds knocked back and what that's done, fast forward to now and one of the predictions we made back then, we're battling extremely heavy weed pressures um, for this is the third year. Uh, to, Make a make a long story short, we're gaining, but we're still battling some really heavy, really heavy weed pressures. So that weed pressure this year is essentially from uh, it has built upon the last since 2019. It's from that really heavy wet year. Correct. Yes. Yep. Oh. Yep. We're still still seeing the seeing the effects of that heavy wet year on, on certain weeds. As the the weeds were produced in 20, 2019, uh, the seeds blew around. They were carried by by um, by birds, all kinds of things, and, and weeds that we haven't seen in fields prior to that. Weed specific weed species we're having to to fight now. Mare's tail is a good example. Actually, mare's tail, Canada thistle, and and water hemp are are three weeds that have really increased uh, their their frequency and their severity in in eastern South Dakota and west central Minnesota, largely because of the prevent plant acres three years ago. Gosh, it's crazy how, you know, one really bad year like that with yeah. weather can totally impact years to come. Um, so how have you guys kind of 
you said uh, you were gaining on it. So tell me like yeah. how how that's so, going to come pass. Um, in addition to controlling the weed seed bank as one of our key pillars on resistance or, or weed management in general, um, the second and probably as or more important is the proven practice that the best time to control a difficult to manage weed is before it comes out of the ground. And we do that through use of multiple effective mode of action products like Acuron or Acuron GT um, in corn are, are kind of our, our key pillars of our foundational weed control approach. Not only are we dealing with higher pressures of difficult to manage weeds, but as farm size has grown, um, growers are looking for ways to improve efficiency. And one of the one of the ways they've kind of keyed on is going to one-pass corn programs rather than two-pass programs. And unfortunately, it, it, it may make sense logistically, uh, but it doesn't make sense agronomically. That, that theory of overlapping residuals, making two passes of a multiple effective mode of action product like Acuron, um, 21 to uh, 21 to 28 days apart agronomically is the way to go rather than putting on the full rate and one one pass as either an early post treatment or a pre pretreatment that's an option but it's it's not uh, what what we would consider our, our best option splitting the application of acuron is is more consistent and we we tend to have cleaner higher yielding fields that makes sense i mean even though two might be at lower rates it sounds like it's more effective, which, uh, you know, every grower wants to make the best agronomic decision possible for their field. It just can get so tricky when you're trying to weigh all these different factors. And so how do you foresee, you know, in the future or, you know, in the next season or two seasons, how do you kind of see this playing out still as far as the weed pressure goes? Well, I think we're well down the path to getting it getting it back. Um, it, it's it's not the only issue we, we face. It, it is one that when we're in the heat of the battle like this, it's it's something that I look for uh, to see how our weed pressures are because that really does dictate what our pro- programs are going forward. I think as an industry, we're doing a, a really good job of managing our weeds. The, the dynamics have changed substantially over the last 10 years to where um, it used to be seaweed spray weed. Uh, we've we've done an excellent job at Syngenta uh, coaching retailers and coaching growers to uh, to plan ahead. Uh, you know, to, to, to my point that the best time to manage these weeds is before they come out of the ground. Uh, the old days of waiting till they emerge uh, is, is effectively a, a reactive approach. And we know uh, from a, a lot of uh, a lot of use patterns and in any number of things in our everyday life that it, it's best to plan ahead and be prepared and being proactive is better than being reactive a proactive approach is using a, a, a fully uh, fully loaded multi-effective mode of action residual herbicide followed by a, a, a crop safe um, multiple mode of action post-emerge program like Acuron followed by Acuron. Reactive approach is waiting for the weeds to emerge and then go out, going out and trying to trying to control them. Uh, more often than not, if we follow that approach, that reactive approach. Um, the damage has already been done. We know that that weeds uh, compete with sunlight, moisture, space, uh, nutrients uh, with our crop. That's why we're working hard to keep them under control. Um, and uh, the best way to do that is to be proactive and not reactive. That proactive approach, too, bleeds into 
many of the different pressures, right? I'm curious, in addition to some of these weed pressures that you guys are seeing, have there been any, you know, really high anxiety insects and or diseases that um, you've seen growers face this season in addition to some of those weed pressures? Yeah, a couple come to mind. We've had some relatively heavy uh, alfalfa weevil pressure in alfalfa. The, the dairy industry is growing in eastern South Dakota, and along with the dairy industry comes a need for high-quality protein, and protein in the form of alfalfa. Our high-production alfalfa acres have increased, and um, alfalfa weevil pressure has been heavy. Another one on the disease side, we have a, a fairly robust uh, wheat crop coming this year, a good winter wheat crop and uh, what's what's shaping up to be a pretty good spring wheat crop but uh, fusarium head blight pressure um, is is top of mind our weather patterns just recently came through a fairly cool cool wet period and that's an ideal environment unfortunately uh, for fusarium head blight to infest our wheat so we've had a really good run on miravis ace applications at uh, heading time um, on wheat and uh, so far, so good. We're, we're pretty well over-treating the winter wheat, and the spring wheat treatments are just beginning. So there's a couple of couple of pests we're, we're keeping an eye on. With that, do you kind of anticipate to face any additional pests or diseases, or um, or I guess those pests and you know diseases in alfalfa can that impact other crops? And maybe that's a silly question, but I'm just curious what impact that has overall. Yeah. There are some species of aphids that will cross over crops, but the alfalfa weevil is pretty well specific to alfalfa. Uh, that's their their uh, primary crop. We will uh, typically get a late season uh, pressure from grasshoppers. I expect that to happen again this year. That is a pest that that growers can can um, plan for. Uh, we we do follow IPM recommendations, integrated pest management recommendations, and it's uh, generally dictates that until you have an economic threshold high enough to uh, to, to treat uh, that we, we hold off treating. We can plan ahead for a, a disease like Fusarium head scab, as I mentioned. Uh, we know the conditions that it can be can, can be uh, prevalent, and we also know that the timing is very critical when it comes to Fusarium head scab. We have to have that treatment on just as the wheat is starting to flower. Uh, so it's it's pretty important you we can plan to be ready we can have product in place we can have uh, airplanes at the ready uh, ground rigs at the ready to make the application so that's certainly part of the planning process and same thing with insects we can be prepared but as far as making a preventative approach on insects that's a little trickier than it is with weeds so that fusarium scab you mentioned that that's like a pretty serious one to kind of treat right away why is that um, so it's the it's the physiology of the disease, um, the the uh, the spores of the fungal pathogen that cause fusarium head blight enters through the flowers of the wheat. Um, so if you look really close, you can see little tiny flowers just as the the wheat uh, wheat kernels are starting to pollinate, and that's when the pathogen comes into the plant. And you have to have the the treatment in this case, Miravis Ace, prior to those those flowers, or more more specifically, prior to the fusarium head blight spore entering the plants pretty narrow window one other one other thought too on a semi-related we were talking about being proactive one thing we are seeing the benefits of and uh back to the extremes of the environment is the benefit of uh treated soybeans um fungicide insecticide treated soybeans and more specifically uh cruiser max cruiser max and uh we're 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 shifting the cruiser max 
Cruiser Max Vibrance soybean seed treatment over to Cruiser Max Apex. And that's that's in the early stages of going quite well. I'm curious. So we talked a little bit about winter wheat and spring wheat. Um, are there any like major pests, whether that's insects or disease specific to corn that you, you're seeing or that growers should kind of keep an eye out for as we go you know, further into the season? Or has it been kind of quiet on that front? Yeah, good. Uh, certainly good. Another good question. So corn wise in our area or specific to corn and corn diseases, we're uh, blessed, if you will, to have a, a, a fairly benign environment for disease in eastern South Dakota. Um, that's not to say that we don't see the benefit out of a out of a fungicide application like Miravis, Neo, or Drivapro. I'll, I'll uh, expand on that in just a minute, but uh, certainly early season diseases. Uh, we don't see a lot of early season corn diseases when the corn uh, tassels and silks, which is generally in our area, kind of that mid-July timing. Uh, we are on the watch for diseases like northern corn leaf blight. Um, we have not had tar spot enter South Dakota or southwest Minnesota yet, but we're certainly on the lookout for it as it expands to the west from kind of the the uh, Great Lakes region. Um, that's the corn disease that we certainly have our eye on. Um, we talk about benefits in the absence of disease of, of products like Trivapro and Mir of us, Neil, um, they're, they're, they're very real. They're very demonstrable. We have, we've um, done a lot of research and development to, to identify exactly what's happening within the corn plant of the effect of, of uh, Miravis Neo and Drivapro, and they, they truly do have strong benefits in the absence of disease. Um, specifically in our world, we can generally count on a, a dry, rain-free period from about now through the middle part of July. That, that puts a, what we consider an abiotic stress on the crop, uh, so dry dry conditions so uh, will will trigger a trigger a corn crop in particular to effectively overreact to the dry conditions and what what a, a V5 to V7 application of a product like Trivapro or Miravis Neo does is it it effectively helps buffer that uh, the effect of the dry conditions there's a physiological change that goes on in the plant that basically the Trivapro and Miravis Neo won't allow the corn plant to overreact to the stress yeah it helps i think i think the tagline is cleaner and greener right like it helps yes. Yeah. You really give those plant health benefits to just bolster the overall health and strength of the plant itself. So there are definitely more more benefits to it. Well, thank you so much for um, your insight and for kind of sharing what you guys have seen so far this season. And I'm I'm expecting and, and excited to kind of see how the rest of the season shapes yeah, up. I am too. Thank you, Katie. Adam, can I tell you why the ag industry, in my humble opinion, is the most fun? <laughs> yeah, why is that? Because there's so many different crops and aspects to our industry. One, it keeps things interesting. And two, there's always an exciting trade show coming up. Think about it, like Southeastern Peanut Farmers happening. Next month is Farm Progress Show, Adam Boone, Iowa. And listen, I got a sneak peek of the Syngenta booth and I think it's such a fun and like creative idea. So I'm really pumped for attendees to visit the booth and take a look. Wait. No hints? One hint, just one hint. So it kind of takes you back on a bit of a historic, like landmark adventure with kind of an agricultural spin. So it's really fun. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. 
but I think it's so neat. Um, you know, Wally actually talked about some of the new products, namely Cruiser Max Apex, and that growers will be able to kind of talk to our reps about um, at the show and, you know, how it kind of performed this year and must knows for next year. And same with Tendovo soybean herbicide. Um, so there should definitely be some trial results and data that they'll be able to see too. And, you know, we're all about the numbers. We've said it before, I will say it again. The numbers tell a concrete story, but I think you're holding out on one of the most fun pieces uh, to our booth. That I am. Tell them. The agronomy bar. We have local agronomists there to talk about our Grow More experience sites, insights on the season, trial information, you name it, all at a bar. Just trust me on this. You want to make sure you stop by. Plus, we'll have a vending machine with some prizes you can take home. I'll just say it again, make sure you stop by. I'll even be there, so come say hi to me. And if you aren't coming to Farm Progress Show, just make sure to follow along on all the fun on our social channels at Syngenta US. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Thrive Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to receive the latest updates in your favorite podcast listening platform. Always read and follow label instructions. Acumon is a restricted use pesticide.